second timothy chapter 3 verse 15 and that from a child thou had known the holy scriptures which are able to bring to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So Paul is speaking to Timothy and is commending Timothy that, that from a child you have known the scripture that is able to make you wise unto salvation. So the scripture is designed to make you wise unto salvation this is why i said to you last week that salvation is not just a crusade message salvation is not a, um, a sunday school message salvation is not a newcomer's class message salvation is the diet of the believer everything paul wrote in scripture paul wrote about salvation romans the book about salvation ephesians it's a book about salvation. Philippians, Philemon, First Thessalonians, and Co. Everything Paul wrote, Paul was talking about salvation because salvation is an endless series. Salvation is huge. It's the big gift of God, the greatest gift of God. It's the gift that keeps on giving and the cup that never runs dry. Salvation talks about the person of Jesus. E.W. Kenyon said something, and I quote, that a denomination is known by what it says about the new birth. A denomination is known by what it says about salvation. That's why I say to you that the believer is as powerful as what he knows about salvation. The believer is as powerful as what he knows about salvation. What is salvation? I'm glad you asked. Salvation is deliverance from the power of sin, the penalty of sin, and the judgment of sin. I'll say that again. Salvation is deliverance from the power, the penalty, and the judgment of sin. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is dead, but the gift of God is, is, has come to us through Jesus Christ, is eternal life rather, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the wages of sin is dead, but the gift of God. So the gift of God is salvation that brings eternal life, replacing the wages of sin and death. So salvation is deliverance from the power, the penalty, and the judgment of sin. That's why if you are a child of God this morning and you have received salvation, Jesus is in your heart. I want to announce to you that your judgment is not ahead of you. Your judgment is behind you. For the judgment of the believer is not ahead of the believer. The judgment of the believer is behind the believer. Jesus took your judgment full time on the cross of Calvary. What is salvation? Salvation is deliverance from eternal condemnation. Salvation is deliverance from eternal condemnation. Let me say this. That condemnation is not a feeling. Condemnation is a sentence. Condemnation is not a feeling. Condemnation is a sentence. Salvation, therefore, is deliverance from the eternal sentence of condemnation. John chapter 3 verse 17 and 18. The Bible says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Simple. So what brings condemnation to your life is because you have not believed in Jesus. But if you are here this Sunday morning and you have received Jesus and you have salvation, I bring this news to you again, reiterating to your consciousness that you are eternally delivered from the sentence of condemnation. That 
That means somebody took your penalty, somebody took your place, and the judge made a pronouncement that you were free. And if the Bible says, and if the Son of Man has set us free, indeed we are free indeed. So, good morning, good news to you this morning that you are free because salvation is deliverance from eternal condemnation. Not just condemnation, but eternal condemnation. That means you are eternally loved by God. That you are eternally accepted in the beloved. That your salvation is now eternal. What is salvation? I'm glad you asked. Salvation means that you are now born again. That you have the life of God inside of you. Can you imagine this? That salvation means that you are born again. That the life of God is living and flowing inside of you. That's the gift of salvation. John chapter 3 verse 6 and 7. It says that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. So what makes you born again is that you have received this gift of salvation. You have received this life of God inside of you. First Peter chapter 1 verse 23, the Bible says clearly that being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed by the word of God that liveth and abided forever. So what gets you born again is that you open the womb of your faith and you receive the sperm of God's word and now you're born again. Salvation is now that you are born again. Salvation means that you're no longer a physical being having a spiritual experience. No, you are now a spirit being enjoying the physical experience that means you are born again that's what salvation means. salvation is not give your life to christ i'll say that again salvation is not give your life to christ salvation is accept jesus into your life salvation is accept jesus into your heart because you have no life to give to jesus you have no life to give to Jesus. Salvation messages accept Jesus into your heart. John chapter 1 verse 4 says, In him was life, and this life was the light of men. John chapter 10 verse 10, the Bible says, The thief cometh not but to steal, but to kill and to destroy. I am come that you may have life, and that you may have it more abundantly. So salvation messages not give you, you are dead without Jesus. You are dead. Ephesians chapter 2 says that you are dead in sin. It is the gift of salvation that brings life into your heart. So salvation message is not the teaching of materialism. Come to Jesus and he will give you cars. Come to Jesus and he will give you houses. People can have houses. People can have cars without Jesus. People build houses. People have cars without Jesus. People make money without Jesus. But you have no life without Jesus. So the salvation message that is accurate is come to Jesus and he will give you life. For in him is life and this life is the light of men. John 10, 10. The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill and to destroy. I am come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So the salvation message is, I don't care how much you have in your account. I don't care what you drive. I don't care what you own. But without Jesus, you are dead. For the Bible says, what shall he profit a man if he gains the whole world, but loses the essence, his soul, life. Salvation message is, Jesus has come into your heart. That life has come into your space. When this salvation message is preached accurately, the rich man doesn't see his wealth as his 
assurance. He sees Christ as his assurance. The poor man doesn't see poverty. He sees his wealth in Christ because Jesus is one size fits all. Jesus leverages. Jesus levels everybody. Jesus brings all of us together in the loving embrace. We are one in Christ. That's the salvation message. What is salvation message? Salvation message is not God trying to take you to heaven. No. Salvation message is God bringing heaven to you. Salvation message is not, oh, heaven at last. Salvation message is heaven at first. That means when you come to Jesus, God brings heaven into your heart. If Jesus is in you, breaking news, the heaven is not more glorious than Jesus. It is Jesus that makes heaven what heaven is. It is Jesus that makes heaven heaven to anybody. So if Jesus is not in heaven, I don't want to go to heaven. If Jesus is in heaven, yes. So the Bible says we are seated in Christ in heavenly places. So salvation message is not that we are trying to make heaven. Salvation message is heaven has come into our heart. Is heaven has come into our life. Salvation is not God and man. Salvation is not God with man. Salvation is God in man and man in God. I'll say that again. That's very powerful. Salvation is not God and man. Salvation is not God with man. Salvation is God in man and man in God. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. Christ is in me all the hope of glory so i am in him justified he is in me glorified this is the message of salvation this is the message of the grace of god it's not i am not it's not god and me it's not god with me it's god inside of me for the bible says in him i live in him i move in him i have my being this is something that money cannot buy money can buy this this is the gift of god and it's salvation. This morning, my particular emphasis is to emphasize to you that your salvation is powered by the love of God. Salvation is powered by the love of God. I have two, three, maybe four points as, as much as we can deal with this morning. One point is you are saved by his love. You are saved by his love. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. It says God demonstrated his love towards us. In that was we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it was the love of God that saved us. It was not our good works. It's not what we did or what we did not do that saved us. We were dead in sin. There is absolutely nothing you and I did to take Jesus to the cross. Jesus was not reacting when he got to the cross. This is God initiating redemption even before time. So salvation is not, is not something something that we earn by our good work salvation is the gift of god god sent his son to die for us salvation is not fire insurance from hellfire romans chapter 2 verse 4 the bible says don't you know don't you know that it is the goodness the kindness of god that turns men to repentance that it is the goodness and the kindness of god that turns men to repentance so it is the love of god that ended enmity between humanity and divinity that's the gift of salvation there was nothing you and i did or would have ever done to get jesus to the cross romans 5 it says whilst we're dead in sin jesus went ahead and died for us 
please, I know some of you want to do something with salvation. You think there's something I can do. Brother Nicodemus, there's nothing you can do. What shall I do to be saved? No, you just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sister, do maybe you want to do, 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 do. Yes, but there's nothing you can do. You just believe. Romans 10.10, with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto soteria, unto salvation, unto sozo, unto sota. With the mouth, confession is made unto all the blessings of God in Christ in salvation. There is nothing you can do. You can't pay to get the blessings of God. You can't bribe God. You can't tithe your way into salvation. You can't give your way into salvation. Salvation is not in any other name but the name of Jesus. Salvation is only received by believing in your heart that Jesus died and confessing with your mouth. Then you have this gift of salvation. Guess what? It's the gift that keeps on giving and the cup that never runs dry. So now that you are saved, salvation is a total package. It comes with deliverance. Salvation is a total package. It comes with dominion. Salvation is a total package. It comes with your healing. Salvation is a total package. It comes with your liberation. You are saved. If I were you this morning, I would take two minutes to just thank God for his love. Thank God for saving me. So you are saved by his love. It is the love of God that saved you. Ephesians 2 verse 8. It says, by grace are you saved through faith. Not of works, lest any of us should boast. So we cannot boast of being saved. You didn't find God. It was God who found you. You know testimonies like, you know, I was insane. And in 1920, I found Jesus. You did not find Jesus from anywhere. No, he found you before you even found yourself. Before your father found your mother. Before your grandfather found your grandmother. God found you because whilst you were dead and sin, he died for you. God initiated your salvation. So salvation is you are saved by his love second thing is you are kept by his love whatever saves you is what will keep you whatever saves you is what keeps you listen to me whatever saves you is what keeps you so you are saved by his love you are also kept by his love do, do you know why we have to eat food to live because our body came out of the ground God molded man, made man out of the ground. So when you eat yam, you eat things from the ground, it's because your body has to be sustained from where and what it is made from. Simple. You take yam, you take plantain, you take rice, they are from the ground to sustain your body. In the same way, you were saved by the love of God. You can only be kept by the love of God. You can only be kept by the love of God. Salvation is Powered by the love of God. Salvation is powered by the love of God. For the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14a, it says the love of God constrains us. Amplify, it says the love of God compels and keeps us. Note, it's not my love for God that constrains me. No, no. It is his love for me that keeps me. Yes, it's not my love for God that constrains me. It's that every time I want to do something stupid, I remember that God loves me. I remember that he died for me. I think of his love for me. I'm like, how do you love someone this unlovable? 
How do you love a man like me with all my complications? How do you love a man like me with all my imperfections? This is what takes me away from what I want to do. That's what 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14a says. It is the love of God that compels us. It is not our love for him. It is his love for us. 1 John chapter 4 verse 10. It says herein is love. Not that we love him, but that he loved us. So the definition of love is not me trying to boast of my love for God or trying to sing of my love for him. It's me receiving his love for me because herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be a propitiation. The propitiation for us forever. So we, we can't boast of our love for God. I don't know about you. Some of you, I know you're God's first cousin. You've never seen, you know, you don't even sin, you don't even cry you know you are like the fourth person in the trinity yeah i'm trying to be sarcastic if you do not know let me just let you know that and you you are too holy i mean you when you breathe you breathe in righteousness you breathe out righteousness you know you are you are in the clouds some but some of us no we can't boast of our love for god we just relax and enjoy his love for us because all those other things are just fig leaves only the love of god can compel can protect can preserve we are kept by his love we are sustained by his love we are preserved for by his love. The reason we can say we love God is because of First John chapter four verse nineteen. We love him because he first loved us. So our love for God is a response to his love for us. You don't have any love to give to God. So God had to release his love to you. Having received this love, what you are giving God back is the love that he gave to you because man has no love to give to God. So we receive his love and we give back his love. Because you can't give what you do not have. God is love. So God has to release himself into you first. Oh, then you have enough of him to give back to him. Did you see that? God has to release himself to you first. So that then you now have enough of him to give back to him. This is love. Not that we love him. But that he loves us. I'm never going to boast of my love for God. I'm never going to boast of my faithfulness to God. I'm always going to boast of his love for me because his mercies are new every morning great is his faithfulness your mind cannot grasp this love of God God loves without discrimination he forgives without hesitation he delivers without procrastination he is the greatest love of all for our minds cannot comprehend cannot fathom Paul says the length the breadth the depth the height that means you cannot stray out of the love of God that means you can fall so deep that you fall out of the love of love of God. That means you can't go so high and you fly above the love of God. You are kept by his love. I got a rush. I wish I had time to preach that to you that you are, you are kept by his love. Number three, we are never afraid because he loves us. We are never afraid because he loves us. Can I announce to you, people of God, that the opposite of love is not necessarily hatred. It's not necessarily hate. The opposite of love is fear. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 verse 18, perfect love casts away fear. And let me read that to you. It says there is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So if you are living in fear, it's because you are not perfect in love. You're not perfect in that God loves you. 
you are not aware that you are loved by God. The reason you are in torment of fear is because you are not aware that God loves you more than the devil hates you. This has become my statement, my slogan, because I want you to know that God really loves you. It's because you're not aware that God loves you. That's why you are living in fear. That's why you think COVID, God is trying to kill you. No, God is not trying to kill you. God is not trying to punish you because love is perfect. Perfect love casts away fear. Stop living in fear. God is not trying to punish you. Second Timothy 1 verse 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. Watch this. But the spirit of power, the spirit of love. Love is the opposite of, of fear is the opposite of love rather. The spirit of love, power and a sound mind. So God has not given you the spirit of fear. We are never afraid because he loves us. Never afraid because he loves us. David says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Because David understood that the faithfulness of the shepherd is not premised on the character of the sheep or the behavior of the sheep. It's premised on the nature of the, of the shepherd. He's the omnipotent father of mercy and grace. He's always faithful. His faithfulness is not predicated on what we do or do not do. It's predicated on who he is. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Ain't you glad that our God does not have mood swings? He doesn't wake up on the bad, bad, bad side of the bed in the morning and say, today, I don't feel like showing love. No. So people of God, God is not angry with you. God is not trying to punish you with COVID. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. God is in love. God is madly in love with you. God is madly in love with you. Just rest in the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love. God, his love is promiscuous. God, his love will flirt with anybody. God will come to you. God will reach you at the darkest part of your life. I don't care what sin you think you have sinned. God's love is greater than your sin. There's no sin you are committing in 2020 that God is a yay! I didn't say this coming. No, no. God is not reacting to your sin. He already sent his son to be a propitiation for your sin once and for all. So I decree upon your life. I rebuke the spirit of fear. For God has not given you the spirit of fear. I pray for you this morning that your heart opens to receive the overwhelming never ending love of God. That your heart is healed by the love of God. That your heart is healed entirely and totally by the love of God. My last point today will be my last point today will be salvation is eternal because salvation is powered by the eternal love of God. Your salvation is eternal because it is powered by the eternal love of God. The first one is that you are saved by his love. Two, you are kept by his love. Three, you are never afraid because he loves you. Four, you are eternally saved because of his love. You are eternally saved because of his love. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 35 to 39, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all day long. 
We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. It now says, nay, in all these things, we are more than conqueror through him that loved us. Can I just add this as part of um, 4a? You are more than a conqueror because of the love of God. You are more than a conqueror, not because you love God. Through him that loved us. You are going to be victorious because of the love of God. You are, you are, you are an overcomer because of the love of God. Not because you love God, but because he loves you. So the love of God is going to bring you out. The love of God is going to pull you out. I don't know who you are listening to me this morning. You're stuck in addiction. The love of God will bring you out of that addiction. The love of God will bring you out of that crisis. Some of you are in an abusive relationship, but you feel stuck in this abusive relationship. Trust me, the love of God is going to bring you out. Somebody is in the pain of the past. You lost a spouse and you've been bound in chains. You Every time you think about it, you are, you, you are low-key angry with God. You've lost somebody and you've lost the business, you've lost stuff and sometimes you just feel like, no, I'm not sure God loves me, but as the voice of the enemy I'm here to preach to you this morning that God loves you more than the devil hates you God really loves you, he's over he's over the hills in love with you, he sent his son to die for you, you are coming out victorious, it doesn't make sense right now, but the Bible says whosoever is born of God overcomes the word, this is the victory that overcomes the word, even our faith so you are an overcomer because of the love of God, I wanted to give you four points where i think i'm giving you five already one you are saved by his love two you are kept by his love three you are never afraid by his love four you are never come up because of his love five you are eternally saved because of his love so i continue romans chapter five romans chapter eight rather romans chapter eight my fifth point now romans chapter eight i continue from verse from verse 38 for i am persuaded i'm not in doubt i am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus our lord be confident you are eternally saved because of his love be you are eternally secured because of his love not because of your righteousness not because of what you do or do not do you are eternally saved because of this love of god let me read this to you and before i read this to you in the message translation can i say this to you heaven is a gift is not a reward for good behavior heaven is a gift is in the salvation package heaven is a gift is in the salvation package heaven is a gift is in the salvation package i hope you're excited about that good news to you so we're not making it to heaven god brought heaven into to us already so we are seated with him in heavenly places Philip ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 you find that there but let me see romans chapter 8 verse 35 to 39 i want to read it to you in the message translation this will really bless you i'm sure it's showing on the screen so we can read along it says do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and christ's love for us there is no way tell your neighbor no way not trouble 
not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in scriptures. Did you see that? So it is not your sin is not too great to drag you away from the love of God, to separate you or to create a wedge. God is not keeping social distance with you. God is not observing social distances with you because you have a virus called sin. No, God is the antidote, the cure. And when he sent his son on the cross of Calvary, he became the vaccine that took that virus of sin out of our lives forever. God is not in isolation. Is the present help. Is the ever-present help who's always present. Is our help from ages past. Our hope for years to come. The very present helps in, help in, in time of trouble. Is our shield and buckler. The glory and the lifter above our head. That's who God is to us. Let me read this to you. We continue. I just read uh, verse 35. I continue. It says, not even the worst sins listed in scripture can separate us from the love of God. It says, they kill us in cold blood because they hate us and because they hate you rather. We are sitting dogs. They pick us off one by one. None of these phases us because Jesus loves us. <laughs> it says, absolutely convinced. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, nothing, nothing, he says nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable and unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. We are embraced. Nobody can steal you out of the embrace of the Father. Nobody can take you out of the embrace of the Father. COVID-19 can't take us out of the embrace of the Father. Our mistakes can't take us out of the embrace of the Father. We're eternally loved and we're in the embrace of his Father. He took our tragedy, gave us his identity so that we can live eternally in the palace of his majesty. He took our tragedy, gave us his identity so that we can live eternally in the palace of his majesty. So you are eternally saved because your salvation is powered by the love of God. It's not powered by good works. It's powered by the love of God. Let me read something to you in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. It says, Herein is love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. So we have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. So we are not scared on the day of judgment. We have boldness because our salvation is eternal because it is powered by the love of God. Powered by the love of God. The eternal father, the everlasting father cannot have temporary sons. I'll say that again. The everlasting father will not give birth to temporary sons. No. The everlasting father cannot have temporary sons. So our eternal salvation is secured by his everlasting and eternal love. Ooh, I don't know about you. I'm excited. I'm just excited. So excited. And some of you saying, what if I fall? What if I fall in my work with God? Jude says something about Jude 24. It says, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. So you are not able to keep yourself from falling. 
It is God's grace. It is God's love that keeps you from falling. Unto him that is able to keep you from falling. You can't keep yourself from falling. It is the grace of God that keeps you from falling. Jude 24. Unto him that is able to keep you from falling. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So who is doing the presentation? It is God. It is Jesus by his love that keeps you from falling. Didn't you see the scripture we read ahead that it is the love of God that compels us. That constrains us. That keeps us. Our love and our salvation is eternal because of the love of God and Christ Jesus. It's eternal because of the love of God in Christ Jesus. It's eternal. Hebrews 7 verse 25. Wherefore, he's able to save them to the uttermost. He's able to save them to the uttermost. That's what Hebrews says. Let's see this even in, in the amplified version of Hebrews. Hebrews 7 verse 25. Amplified. It says, therefore, he's able to save to the uttermost. Completely. Perfectly. Finally, for all time and eternity, those who come to God through him, since he's always living to make petition to God and intercede with him and intervene for us. He's interceding and intervening for us. The love of God is what makes our salvation eternal because it is powered by the love of God. Eternal salvation is powered by the love of God. 1 John chapter 5 verse 13. These things have I written unto you that, that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that, you, and that you may believe on the name of the Lord, of the Son of God. He says, John is saying these things I'm writing to, unto you that you may know. We are not in doubt. We have eternal life. Eternal life does not start when you die. Eternal life is not a reward for good behavior when you die. Eternal life starts when you believe. For anyone who believes in the Son of God has eternal life. John chapter 3 verse 15. Whosoever believes has eternal life. Eternal life does not start when you die. It's not a reward for those who die in Christ. It comes, it's activated when you believe you have eternal life. Hallelujah. Let me read this in, an, in another translation, the message translation. It says, my purpose in writing is simply this, that you believe in God's son, that you who believe in God's son will know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you have eternal life. The reality and not the illusion. This eternal life is not, it's not an illusion, it's the reality, it's the life that we have. You can't die. You're unkillable because you have eternal life. Anything that can suspend your eternal life is no longer eternal life. It's suspended life. No. You have eternal life. It's unsuspendable. Your sin can't stop eternal life. Your, your sins can't stop eternal life. You are eternally saved. Your mistakes can't. Because it is powered by the love of God. It is powered by the love of God. It's not powered by your love. It's not powered by your good behavior. It is powered by the love of God. I'm showing you scriptures. Leave your argument. Let's read scriptures. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 9. It says, And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation. Those of you who do not agree with the word eternal salvation is in the Bible. Hebrews 5 verse 9. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto them that believe. Believe in him. That word obey there is believe in him. 
He became the source of eternal salvation. You're eternally saved. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. And, and the very God of peace sanctify you. Holy, and I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved, blameless, unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. See verse 24. Faithful is he who has called you, who also will do it. So who is going to preserve you blameless? Who is going to preserve you holy? Who is going to present you to the Father? It's not your words. It says, it says clearly, faithful is he who has called you, who also will do it. This reminds me of Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 and 13. Walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. The next verse says, for it is God who walks in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. John chapter 10. I'm wrapping up. I just want to do this in a hurry. John chapter 10 verse 27 to 30. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life. They shall never ever perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. This is Jesus speaking. Verse 30 says, I and my father are one. Jesus is saying, nobody is able to pluck you out of my father's hand because my father who gave you to me is greater than all things. This reminds me of the book of Colossians. It says our life is hidden in Christ and Christ in God and Romans says nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. This is the gospel. My last verse today is Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12. It says neither by the blood of goats and calves but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Let me read this in the Passion Translation, the TPT. It says, and he has entered once and forever into the holiest sanctuary of all, not with the blood of animal sacrifice, but the sacred blood of his own sacrifice. And he alone has made our salvation secure forever. You are powered by the love of God. So first, you are saved by his love. Two, you are kept by his love. Three, we are never afraid because he loves us. Four, we have the victory because he loves us. Five, our salvation is eternal because it is powered by the love of God. I want to welcome you into the love of God. I just want you in these trying times to rest in his love. I don't know who you are. I don't care the storms and the things that you've had to deal with. The heartbreaks, the breakups, the tears, the wears, the neglect, the, the abuse. I want to bring you into the love of God. The love of God will heal you. The love of God will change you. The love of God will, will transform your life. I just want you to rest. Stop trying to give love that you have not received. Receive his love before you start boasting of your love for God. No, we are recipient of the love of God. For hearing his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and gave his son as a propitiation for our sins. I want you believers to be conscious of the love of God in Christ. That God loves me and my salvation is powered by his love. I am saved by his love. 
I am kept by his love. I'm never afraid because he loves me. I have the victory because of his love. I am eternally saved because it is powered by his love. You need to make this declaration every morning in this week. Some of you, if you don't know what how to pray, just say in your house, raise your hands and say, Lord, thank you because I'm saved by your love. Declare, thank you because I am kept by your love. Thank you because I am never afraid because you love me. Thank you because I have the victory because you love me. Thank you because I'm eternally saved, secured in the love of God in Christ Jesus. And nothing shall separate me from this love of God in Christ. Thank you because I'm loved by God. I am in him justified. He's in me glorified. And I'm seated in him in heavenly places far above principalities and powers kept by the love of God. I'm not out of message. I'm out of time. I hope with these few words of mine, I've been able to convince you and not confuse you that you are kept by the love of God. You are saved by his love. You are never afraid because he loves you. You are eternally secured because of his love. I'm just in love with the love of God. This is what the logic is about, love of God in Christ. This is all we preach, the love of God in Christ. I submit to you today the love of God in Christ. And if you're watching me this morning, you have not accepted Jesus into your heart. I want to pray with you. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I believe you rose on the, from the grave because of me. I believe in my heart that you are king and you are Lord. I confess you this morning as Savior. With my heart, I believe. With my mouth, I make this confession. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you because I am eternally saved. Now that I'm saved by your love, I am kept by your love. I'm never afraid because you love me. And I have the victory because you love me. I also am eternally secured because it is powered by your love.